0: brandon steiner and this is unplugged with brandon steiner hello another another beautiful day in the unplugged version brandon steiner and uh i cannot think of a better what else i'm sitting here with charlie brenneman ufc fighter may not fight again and he's probably wondering why i was so interested in having this conversation with him Uh, first of all welcome how you doing
1: i'm doing very well brandon and i'm very curious so listeners of of my show if you're listening on my end of it i I don't even know what's going on but i have an opportunity to sit down with brandon steiner of steiner sports who has created a legacy in sports memorabilia and to me it's just an honor to be here and i'm appreciative of your time for whatever that reason is
0: well thank you um we're doing a swap cast i love that we got a new term swap cast now which i gotta be doing more swapping but I got to be honest, I don't get the UFC thing. Yeah. And I know you've been fighting a long time, in and out, been dropped. I got to get a little bit of a a little one-on-one about why is this sport so hot and why people are so excited. Before you answer that, tell me why UFC, why fighting was such a big part of your past.
1: So for me, and and so listeners, I'm I'm here at at Standard Sports Memorabilia, which – on my end of it to me is a big deal you know i heard you on opie and anthony years ago i've heard of steiner sports forever so it's
0: what do you think of the joint like I it i
1: think it's awesome i've been here a couple of times thank you dr <laughs> tom a friend of mine and a former guest has brought me to a couple events here but so so you understand having created what you've created you understand kind of the power of, of sports the power of competition the power of culture the power of the emotion that it evokes in everyone i grew up a wrestler I was able to, to take wrestling as far as I could take it. I wrestled Division one, but then there was nothing left after that. I didn't know what I was doing. I got a job, started teaching Spanish, but kind of that fire, that hunger, that, that competitive drive was non-existent in my life. Is that where you get the Spaniard nickname? Yeah. Because you taught Spanish? I was a Spanish teacher, uh, and it was given to me by my wrestling coach. Originally, it was Antonio Banderas, but it morphed into the Spaniard. That's cool. That's cool. Um, and uh, so for me, it was an outlet. I assessed what I'm good at. I was good at wrestling, controlling someone, physically throwing them down. So, for me, that it, it seemed like a no-brainer. That's what I could do. UFC,
0: though, was that a big decision to make? Because I don't know about you, but that looks like some dangerous shit. I mean, when I watch that, I'm like, damn. Like, This is a lot of sports. I'm like, man, I, I, I could do that. I'd love to go and try that. Like, There's never an inkling in my body that says I want to get in that ring. It, it, it seems
1: dangerous. And it's really funny because if, if – from my hometown, you know, if if you know me, you know that I'm as am as normal as they come. I'm am as conservative from a small town in Pennsylvania as they come. But 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 I love hard work. All the all these this memorability that's on your walls, all this memory, all this like history, all this work that. So Shaq's shoes are out there, giant shoes. Whoa, that's awesome. I don't think of that. I think of the work that Shaq's put in since he was five, six, seven, eight years old that got him to a point where someone like me can awe at his shoes sitting out there. So
0: well, it's not about the winning. It's about what it takes to win. Yeah. It's not what you say winning is, it's what you do about winning.
1: In, in and most... that's a
0: whole story in itself, usually, that most people bypass because they just want to look at the byproduct of that trophy, the ring, yeah. and uh or, or whatever it is that you challenge yourself to do. Was it tough t- I just gotta go back to this one thing because I really want to get my arm to wrap around the UFC thing I wanna become a little bit of a fan, but was it hard to get yourself, even though you were a high profile wrestler, hard to get yourself ready?
1: To get in that ring and, and play on that level and fight and compete on that level? You know, for me, it was about competition. And again, I, I, I'm i not purposely bringing it all back to these walls. But if you talk to any one of these, you know, athletes or, or pieces of memorabilia, if you could talk to them that's on the wall. For me, it was, I was a, a wrestler who became a teacher who then became a UFC fighter. It sounds pretty crazy it sounds pretty weird right but really all it is is I just took that competitive fire and drive from one avenue to another and honestly Brandon the reason I'm here the reason I had the cojones to say to you hey could I come interview you or or be in your office is because I had that same drive I don't know exactly what it is I want to accomplish but it's something for a period in my life it was the UFC and that seemed like the most logical choice reminds
0: me of that movie you know the one with the wrestler was the teacher there were a him, couple right? of, yeah
1: with uh, Kevin J. here comes the boom was one of them yeah yeah yeah
0: that was a funny movie yeah. Warrior was another for, good one for him.
1: oh I love that can I flip the script sure. script here a little bit so again I, I've heard of Steiner Sports ever since I was a kid you know I've just I've heard of it I, I remember hearing and I've heard you on interviews with some of my favorite radio shows it didn't just happen you know I just read Phil Jackson's book shoe Dog Nike didn't just happen there was like years and years of process going into that. The birth of Steiner Sports, the birth of, hey, this is what I want to do. Where did that come from? And and what were some of maybe the integral beginning steps that you took? Well, first of all, thank you. I appreciate every fan I can get. You know, it's not
0: easy. Um, You know, I've been doing this 30 years now. But, you know, to me it started when I was a kid. I mean, and it really wasn't about collecting. It was about just understanding things that people really love and want. I was a sports fan, but more of a business fanatic than a sports fanatic. I like to clarify that. I'm like not one of these guys that, you know, I hurt my knee and blew out my shoulder. or I would have been a pro. I, I'm a mediocre athlete, you know, but you'd want me on your team because I would kick your ass any which way I could, but I wasn't one of those guys that ever, one of those kids that was ever going anywhere other than playing intramural sports. Yeah. And I had that gift, but I had the gift yeah. to promote and make money and really understand what rock people. And as a sports fan, I was always outside the gates and watching, and and I know how much athletes would move me. And uh, I saw a window, and I I think that's really important as an entrepreneur is to see a window, you really have to understand, uh, listen, watch, be a watcher, you know, and not be afraid to dive into an area that is empty, And, and ask why, why is this empty? Like, I'm like, why can't I get that jersey that player's wearing? Why can't I meet that player? I'd like to find out what he was thinking. Really, not about why he struck out and hit a home run, but like how did he get to become a, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a great player and that kind of thing. And that's how it got started for me. It was um, I was at the Hard Rock. I'd opened up the Hard Rock in New York, it was a great opening, and I built a nice little following at night there. And then I opened up what was a Hard Rock, but with sports. Now, back in 1984, there were only like two sports bars in the whole country. But I saw that it
1: was a window to, to for people to go and enjoy memorabilia. So the sports, the, the, uh, the, 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 the birth of that, of sports bars, kind of coincided with your idea yeah. of putting this memorabilia together?
0: The memorabilia actually came even after that. The, the sports bar gave me the the idea of what it's like to be around all these athletes. They'd always come and watch the games because we had one of the only satellite dishes in New York. And, and there weren't a lot of satellite dishes back then. In New York, there were no cables. So If you really want to go watch a team from out of town, which most kids and people today, you can watch anything and everything at any minute and on-demand live and everything else. Back then, you watched watch the Saturday game of the week or Monday night football game, it was it. But if you had this big satellite dish, and in New York, it was hard to even have a satellite, It's quite an effort to even put that satellite dish up. So, you know, I got to meet a lot of players. I lived with the Division One football players. I had a little idea, too, how mm-hmm. powerful. Uh, an athlete could be how powerful an athlete with a little brand could be uh, for regular people that really want to just touch that athlete or get a piece of them. Yeah. So the, the sports bar thing really put me in that world. I started meeting a lot of sports, you know, people that ran sports, coaches, players. I was doing a lot of events. I was always a great promoter as a kid. Since I'm 10 years old, I mean, uh, always a great promoter, and that's really how things started evolving. And because I couldn't raise the money try I couldn't raise enough money to open up, which probably for people now, like I was trying to do an ESPN zone. I wanted mm-hmm. to add all the games and everything. Now, eventually okay. that took off, but I was trying to sell that for a couple of years. Couldn't do it. I started to open up a Steiner agency, which was really just helping the athletes market themselves, which yeah. not a lot of people back now moving to 87 were doing. So I opened up fan mail for players. That's and, how I got
1: started. And to be honest, a really interesting thing there, mm-hmm. correlating to the UFC questions you were asking about the UFC is still pretty young, you know, 93, it was, it was created, et cetera. There are still, and I'm an 11 fight UFC veteran, 20, what, 27 or 28 professional fights in marketing. You know, I was lucky because I connected with some good guys, but it's, it's the wild West. I mean, the guys aren't making a lot of money. And if they are, not many of us are fortunate to have the marketing that I, you know, my, my, my manager, my, my agent, et cetera. It's, it's a, it's a brand new world. In, in that you know, back
0: then, you know players were make starting to make some money, but they really didn't need, need to make extra yep. money. They needed help. The work wasn't just coming. Like now, if you're a good player, and even a decent player, you you can make some money off the field without even really working that hard. And if you really want to make a lot of money, you should have the right people around you. But back then, it was a big deal for me to call these players up and get them work. And it was a very hard thing to find these players, Charlie, because there was no internet. You had to have their home phone number. And you had to be able to track these guys down. It wasn't easy. I mean, I'm outside of a lot of ballparks, in the parking lot, waiting for these guys to come out and trying to get numbers and meeting these guys in clubs and... But I was always a big Rolodex guy and I, I never lacked effort and energy. And I think resilience gets underestimated a lot in today's world. You know, people talk a lot about passion. They talk a lot about commitment and you need those things. They're very key ingredients. But resilience probably, I think, now lately in my mind supersedes it all. Because you, you, you hit all these stumbling blocks. Like you may find some work and I can't find the phone numbers. How do I get mm-hmm. these guys on the phone? And you gotta find a way.
1: You know, I I actually had before I even knew the format of this talk or sit down, I I had a question I wanted to write down. So I'm forever going to look at this experience sitting down with you at your desk in your office in Steiner Sports as like, wow, that guy actually gave me a chance. Listeners, I reached out to him on Twitter and and he said, yeah, I'll, I'll talk with you. Okay, And it was like, "Whoa, holy cow, is this real? You know, I'm driving to New York. What? Who is a person or an experience like that for you way back when that you think back on and think, man, that guy gave me a chance, or that athlete didn't have to do that, but they did do it for me?
0: That's a great question. I'll give you a couple of answers. There are many, and that will surprise people. Um, I, I think you know my second book, You Gotta Have Balls, really spells it out. It's like I think that <laughs> half the time people don't accomplish what they want or do what they want because they just talk themselves out of it. And the story you tell yourself is bullshit. It's just not true. You know, ah, oh, that person's never going to answer. Ah, that person's too busy. Ah, that person's too big. What are they going to do with a little on me? And that's just bullshit. It really is. And, and I think it's really important that if you have an idea, you should have, first of all, you should always have two lists. One list of everything you want to accomplish, everything you want to do. And the other list is what's stopping you. Because a lot of times it's a story that ain't true. It's just matter of you picking up the phone or calling a friend, ask him for a favor. I think one of the great ways to make a relationship is to actually ask for a favor, not only to do one. Yeah. Now I'm one. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a guy that I like to think. And uh, you know, I think there's a lot of people hopefully listening today will know that that's true. I don't think I've changed. I still think I'm the same guy from Brooklyn. I'm gonna do as much as I can for as many people as I can, as often as I can, mm-hmm. and expect nothing back. I enjoy it. I get great joy in connecting with people helping people, uh, making things happen. And I don't look at myself any way differently. Mm -hmm. It's still that same, that little poor kid from Brooklyn. Now, to answer your question, I mean, there's so many players that, you know, when I call and they pick up the phone, I'm like, wow, I can't believe this. You know, even back from the beginning, this is a name that probably a lot of people don't necessarily remember, but he was a big name in, in the late 80s, Rick Barry. I had my first opportunity to hire my first spokesman. And I, and it was a pop a shot that, that game had just come out the bar game where you were shooting pop a shot, and I was like immediately because I was always kind of like who's the you know spokesman for this liquor company, we're going around the different sports bars around the country. Rick and Perfect is the all-time leading free throw shooter in the NBA history, 92 percent. And uh, Rick picked the phone up. I was like, wow, this is unbelievable. So that was great. Uh, another guy that picked up the phone was Lawrence Taylor, very grateful. You know, I mean he was such a big name when i was getting started and he would work with me and do some stuff those are two big names that you know that I was like wow i can't believe this guy picked up but i will tell you i never hesitated to call anybody mm-hmm. and still to this day i mean my, my kids always laugh like dad did you get a hold of barack obama I'm like no but i tried <laughs> i reached out to him i sent him a pair of yankee stadium seats they're like dad did you get a hold of uh tom cruise i'm like. No, but I tried. <laughs> I was trying to get a hold of Zuckerberg from uh, Facebook. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, and my kids like. I said, I'm telling you, I'm getting Zuckerberg. Man, I gotta have a conversation with him. I gotta find out how this whole Facebook thing is yeah. working. This is like like six, seven years ago, and and, and I sent him a pair of uh, Yankee Stadium chairs, a couple signed balls, and my kids like that. Did Zuckerberg call you back? He goes, you know something? His office, his office did, and sure enough, his secretary said, you know. Uh, Mark's really appreciative of that, but uh, he's going to give his seats to his dad. And meanwhile, his dad came up here, had all conversation, bought a bunch of stuff. Like, I never fear. I mean, I think the whole thing on my book is you got to have balls is really about being fearless, but also doing things respectfully in the right way. And I'm, I'm not just to throw a bunch of crap off the wall. I like to think mm-hmm. that if I'm going to call you, or I'm going to go out there and try to do something. I want to have a little strategic pulse to it. I'm not just going out there, call you for the sake of calling you it's because I have an idea and I thought about it and it makes sense and I gotta tell you that I'm I'm good I mean I I feel like I like my percentages it doesn't always work out for me but I definitely don't let the the hang ups or the fact that I've had a call of my 10 times
1: and they haven't called me back get me down and early on okay so so now (laughs) you're speaking and, and even the listener like the listener might be thinking, yeah, but he's, he, he's Brandon Steiner of Steiner Sports. He but what you were saying earlier, no, it wasn't always that way. Early on, because where I'm at in my career, I'm smiling now because I'm, I'm so bad at, at, at picking up the phone and, and like nervously talking. It's like when I would try to fight on a script, I would do terrible. I, can't, I just got to go. I just got to go with it. If I would have staged this conversation, I'd sound like an idiot early on. Were you smooth like that? Or it was like, no, you just bumbled your way through it until you learned who you were, really, because at the end of the day, that's it. Well, i tell you, Troy, I think the most
0: important thing is if you want to fill yourself, you got to forget yourself. And most people are so consumed about the conversation or, or what it is they think they're going to do with someone and how that's going to affect them. That would be good for them. What I've been able to do instinctively, I learned this from my mother, is every conversation I meet with someone, my immediate instinct, and I mean, it has to be authentic, this can't be bullshit. I mean, you gotta really be able to dig in and go into a conversation or meeting and thinking about the other person first and thinking about what you really do to help that other person and not worry about yourself. So I've always found, it's like, look, if I can do something good and smart for someone else, then I'm gonna be worth keeping around. And eventually we may get to what I maybe need but it's always better to take care of what the other person needs first. So I would go meet a player, I go meet somebody immediately. I would try to listen and think about what they may need, help they may need, what they're going through, and see how I can help them, connect them, support them, even if it didn't benefit me. And that's a great way to start a relationship. Yeah. Like nobody's throwing away anybody that's willing to help you and yeah. actually seems genuine about it and actually has relationships and context to do that. So even 25 years ago, which made my Rolodex is the same as it is now, I've had the same mantra. And I think the value proposition is stop worrying about what you're selling and get really committed to understanding and listening to what the other person needs and, and dive into that. And that's a great way to get relationships going and started. And it's worked out well for me. And, I, and you gotta walk in and talk it though. Yeah. you Can't just say that because it's a pain in the ass. I'll give you a quick example. Um, 20 years ago, Mariano Rivera was like in the mid 90s, like 97, 98. It's like one in the morning, calls me up at home, needed a car. My wife's like, Why is Mariano Rivera calling you up at home at midnight, one in the morning, to get a car service? Like, can't he get that himself? I'm like, Honey, I don't know what Mariano's going to be. It seems like a really good pitcher, which we didn't really know at that time that he was going to yeah. be end up being, but but you know, listen, he's a important player on the Yankees even at this point and he's calling me because he can because I told him if he needed something to call me and now he's calling me and I've got to go deliver that and I want him to know that I'm there for him whether it's convenient or not that he's somebody that knows he should know that he can count on me now that worked out pretty good yeah, for me right I, I mean I'm giving you an example of the way it did work out but I, I got to tell you one in the morning my wife's looking at me like what is going on here why are you doing this but so you've got if you're going to go put your hand out it's got to be Uncon- it gotta be unconditional, like you got to be able to show up and when I tell people when I meet players as I'll say to you when we finish this conversation, hey, call me if you need something. Call me if I can help you and I, and I will. I'm not like, oh no, I, I answer those calls. Yeah. I answer those tweets. you do. And I think that you know either you're gonna be that person or not, but I will tell you, it's not convenient. It's not easy. like it's it's the harder part of my job, but it's also a job part of my job that I really enjoy. It's a part of my life that I really get a lot out of uh, when I see people that I know all the way back when and we have had conversations and I put them in touch with other people and things start to evolve and things have worked out for them. I feel like I have a little piece of that success in that person and that's a great joy to have that.
1: And it's really neat. you know. I was listening to you talk about Rivera. When I was here at Center Sports, a while ago probably two years ago however long it was i got to meet odell beckham he was doing like a signing here and that was i believe right after he made that catch and you must see these stars catapult because you you meet so many you don't know who's gonna materialize who's not but that the 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 neatness the uniqueness the coolness of that to see someone literally transform from a Mariano calling you at one in the morning to be and who he is now—that must be an amazing thing to witness.
0: It's been great. I mean, and listen, you've, and, and on the other end, you know, and you said something. You know, you, I, I do have a pretty good idea pretty early on. I mean, I've done this long enough where after a couple times I meet someone and watching someone, I get a pretty good idea of whether it's going to work out for them. And it's important to know that fame and fortune really just magnifies who you really are. And it, I think it's really important that, you know, a guy who's a complete jerk just because he makes a good catch or he scores a, a bunch of touchdowns or hits a home run doesn't automatically make him a good person. Mm-hmm. Just because you're a great fighter in the ring doesn't mean you're not to handle the media, be a good speaker, yeah. and be a good person. And there's a lot of responsibility that comes with some of that fame. That even if you're not a great person, if you're willing to take on the responsibility the same way you want to take on the money and the accolades, but a lot of people have a hard time understanding that. You know, fame is a hard thing to give your permission, yeah. give yourself permission to have and fortune. You know, it's hard to, people, especially when you come from nothing, and, and hey, it's hard to give yourself permission to say, okay, you, you deserve this, you yeah. earn this. And I think a lot of players struggle with that. Um, it is a joy, though, when it does work out. Um, like a guy like Mariano I love because we come from the same cloth, you know, small fishing village, very poor, comes from nothing extremely grateful for everything Mm -hmm. which I think is the cornerstone of everything Frank. don't you I mean humility humility and gratefulness is like in order to have more you gotta be grateful for what you have and I think it's so important to be grateful for everything you have it's a beautiful life you know when you think about it and I think that a lot of players misunderstand once you start thinking you're bigger than all that boy you want a road to going somewhere really bad and it's difficult it's really hard to keep yourself planted when you, people just keep throwing themselves at you and throwing money at you and you can't let that
1: behavior dictate your behavior
0: and a lot of players do
1: and I have one more question sure. and then I'll either dish it to you you can ask yeah. me a question you wrap it up however you feel comfortable you said you were able to tell that early on you are able to tell pretty early on if they're going to materialize or not is it the intangibles that tip you off or is it their physical gifts that tip you off No. The, first of all it's amazing how, how the physical gifts are common they are um, I mean,
0: I don't think you get to a professional level uh, on, on almost any sport without having being special. But the other stuff, the respect for your teammates. Mm-hmm. I watch a lot of players when the game is, you know, I, I remember sitting at a baseball game. It was like 11 to 1 going into the eighth inning. My, my son's like, "Dad, let's go. This game's out of hand. I'm like, this game's just starting for me. Like, I want to see who's on this field, like, playing the game, not the score. Who's in love with this game mm-hmm. and is taken their at-bats and taking every, every bit mm-hmm. of the rest of this game as seriously as if it was mm-hmm. 2-2 in game seven? You can tell a lot about a person. You know, I, I watch for those things. One of the things that really attracted me to Odell Beckham is I, I remember distinctly they were, like, getting killed, losing a game. And he's on the sidelines just throwing shit, going crazy. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, he had dropped the pass. And I'm like, that's that shit moves me. Like, I, this guy's an overly, yeah. incredibly tenacious competitor, because the game was no way going to be won. Mm-hmm. And you, you learn a lot about that. And I watch a lot of that. I watch a lot of interviews to see how uh, players handle their interviews, whether they've thought them out, and are respectful to the media who mm-hmm. are working really hard at their job and giving them answers that you know, as opposed to just acting like, oh God, why are you bothering mm-hmm. me? You know, I watch a lot of players and see how they act on their social media. And you learn a lot. You can learn a lot quick now. I, you know, back 30 years ago, 20 years ago, it's a lot of effort. You know, I have to call a lot of people, ask a lot of people opinions on how players were and what they were doing and who they were hanging with and try to get a feel because, you know, you hire a player as a spokesman. It's a very big deal to a company. And when I, when I do that here at Steiner, I think it's a big You know, these companies have a lot of money in their brands and you're going to associate a player. I want to make sure it's the right player doing the right thing. And that's the first company we started, which was Steiner Sports uh, Marketing before Collectibles, which is Mm -hmm. matching up athletes with companies. And we still do that still to this day quite a bit. The art of that is a little lost because now it's he or she who has the biggest social media following get the gigs. But I think there's a lot to be said and I think you'll see a lot Charlie, this is really true. A lot of players think that they've got big social media followings and it gives them the right to go market and promote anything. But a lot of players have messed up there because you can't be a blue-collar celebrity and start tweeting Mercedes. Mm-hmm. But Mercedes will may me offer you the money, but that's insulting to your following. Like, so now there's that responsibility. It used to be on a middle guy like me, but players have to realize that they're sitting with a golden goose. With this 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 social media following, and, and they got to be careful what they tweet. Even though the money not and here's a great my favorite not all money is good money, mm-hmm. and you got to be able to turn your head on certain opportunities that doesn't match up to your brand. And players now have asked for that they want control of those brands and they're building their brands. But with those brands come decisions. Yeah. And I've seen some players do really really well, and I've seen some players lately to really mess that up. It's true, uh, so it, it's an exciting time in my business because it is getting more complicated about hiring celebrities. There are influencers, and celebrities have to be smart, as companies do, of making sure they're using the right influence for the right reason. Because these influencers are coming up in all shapes and sizes, man, and a lot of them aren't even celebs. Yeah, you know, like i become an influencer. I'm just an entrepreneur guy from Brooklyn, just trying to put two sticks together here, you know. And uh, I got to be careful, you know, how I influence because. I don't want to insult the people that are supporting me for so many years here at Steiner and in Brandon Steiner. I want to be respectful, and that's got to be important
1: if you really want the thing to be around for the long haul. And it's 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 awesome and inspiring for me to sit here because I, I'm, I'm, I'm aiming to, to create, you know, not Steiner Sports Memorabilia, but I'm, I'm creating something. I don't know yeah. what it is. I don't know what it'll manifest into, but... For me, just, just, I mean, this is gold for me. That whether I, I was recording or not, it's gold for me. And, and to hear, I don't know, there's such wisdom and insight. So from my perspective, 36, know that I, I sincerely appreciate every, every ounce of energy, vision, uh, appreciation and respect that you've put in the process because that, that, to me, is where it's at. Yeah, you know, we were just talking about, uh, just working on this new football league uh, with
0: a couple of friends of mine that we were talking about doing for the spring. And, and wasted talent wasted talent like wasted my big thing is wasted time I mean how many I mean I see ball players wasting at bats or wasting because the game's out of hand and I think you really have to try to get better every day if you're gonna come to work you gotta try to come and make something happen and get better I see employees coming here and taking days off I'm like, I mean you get days off why are you coming to work and taking days mm-hmm. off Like, and it just, I think it's because people think they're gonna live forever and I don't I mean to be the, the the burden of bad news here but you ain't I mean, the average person's living at 83, which is, that's unbelievable, but the clock's ticking. So if you do have some hopes and dreams, you should get on with it. You should always have some urgency. And I would challenge you any day to come in this office and find me when I don't have urgency. Yeah. Because if I'm going to come in here, leave my family, leave my nice, comfortable home, I'm going to come and kick some ass. I'm going to come with some, I'm going to come with a little edge, a little little, 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 little chip on my shoulder. Because I want to get something done, and I know that time is a gift. So I think, you know, one of my messages out there to people that are listening on my on my blog and now in yours but is, you know, be urgent. Never lose urgency uh, regardless of what's going on. You know, you know, time is such a beautiful asset. You don't want to waste any of it. For me, like, I don't feel like I've had my best day. Mm-hmm. I still feel there's a lot of stuff I want to do here at Steiner. Um, there's still some stuff I want to do personally. So, you know, I'm, I'm in a hurry. Uh, but I have also have the patience to make sure that I don't lose that little thing we talked about at the beginning, which is, look for the hole and looking for the gap and what's needed, what's next, and not be afraid to jump into that hole, even though it's not clear what's supposed to be there. Which kind of seems like a little bit where you're at. Don't be afraid to jump in that hole because if you listen carefully and watch closely, you, know, you can see, at some point, something, that's needed, and and you go fill that void. It's a good feeling, you know. You go, you know. I always like to think like, how can I help people, like. I know that people want to get closer to the game, so I, I, I put these events on. I get these collectibles, and it gets people closer to their dreams of meeting these players, meeting these celebs. i made a lot of people happy. I'm happy about that. I plan on doing a lot
1: more of it. It's somewhat yeah. gold in, in yeah. value and everything. I, I just, I don't know. Man, I, I'm appreciative. Like I said, there's a lot of things I could say, but I'm appreciative. It's a good
0: conversation. I just got to ask one more thing about the UFC thing. Like, where, what's the future of this? Will we see UFC on a prime time will we see UFC like do you think this thing's growing and can it ever get organized in a way that the fighters are dealt with more in a more respectful way
1: I do um so a couple part question one the the the, uh the world is shifting the MMA world is shifting so the UFC is is no longer the only powerhouse Bellator is backed by Viacom that means Bellator has so, this is. I just went to the UFC in New York City on Saturday, or the uh, Bellator in, in New York City on Saturday night. What's happening is, in my opinion, the UFC got comfortable, right? The, the guys, me, me having been one of them, are starting to now stand up and say, hey, we want to start to be compensated. You just sold for $4.2 billion. And, I mean, my last fight, I'm, I made. Uh, $10,000 minus taxes, minus training. I probably pocketed, what, 6500 bucks. Not much. Yeah, 6500 bucks. And you just sold for $4.2 billion. So there's a shift going. Now you have these UFC guys who are finishing out their contracts saying, you know what, I don't want this anymore. And then Bella, Viacom-backed Bellator is saying, we have a home for you. So there's starting to be some competition, which is going to raise the level entirely anyway, because it's going to make the UFC step it up, et cetera. In terms of the mainstream, I mean, you can't – you can't you can make football safer right you can make sports safer a fist fight is only so safe and it's not something that is uh, digestible by everyone I will I will say this my grandparents you know my, my dad's side they grew up on a farm small town farm in Pennsylvania they came to my fights. They, they, it, they, they, began to understand it. So I wouldn't say there's a hard stop where no, it won't be, but it will take some understanding and there is brutality in it. But whenever we can start appreciating what you have in these halls here, the story, the process, the work, the journey, that's when I think that it can really get infused into culture.
0: I think that the big fight coming up, the big, uh, boxing,
1: what's your take on that? I'm going to go on record. I think for the first time and say, I, I like it, let's I, go I, on I, record. I think it's the craziest thing in the world. I think Conor McGregor is going to get annihilated. Really, my thought process is this: If Miguel Cotto and Canelo Alvarez, who I think are just uh, Pacquiao, can't come close to beating Mayweather, what in the world would make Conor McGregor beat Mayweather? And I understand that there's this Mystic Mac and this like supreme belief, et cetera. But in my opinion, I've been wrong a million times. That supreme belief is is going to meet Floyd Mayweather, and and I think you know.
0: But let me ask you this: I mean, just being the business guy, I am. Does it really matter? Because <laughs> does it not have your attention? Will I pay? Yes, that's exactly. <laughs> you know, because I I think it's like, is it really, really matter? Because I think it, it will be kind of intriguing, and and it's kind of like you know, it just seems like an odd kind of you know, night, you know, to see like where these two sports kind of meet
1: up. To De La Hoya and, and Triple G and, and Canelo, it matters. But to the rest of us, I uh, you know, I'm in for it. I'll pay for it. Who's your favorite athlete? Man, that's a great question. My favorite athlete. I read a lot of books, um, and I. Oh no! What's your favorite book? So, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight is one of my top. Really? So that was an amazing book. Slight Edge is the book that got me into this next level of trying to like kind of self mastery, do better. Uh, power of Habit is another great book. Oh, Power of Habit. Bill Walsh's book is a great book. Urban Meyer's book is a great book. The Bill Walsh book that they published uh, before it, he, you
0: know, they he wrote The score takes care of itself. Score takes a Phenomenal had, book. It's a must-read. Yeah, yeah. I got a couple copies over there. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, My book actually is one of my favorite. Your what, book's one of my favorite. What, what's your book? So I wrote a. Uh, it took me from, the story is basically from my birth to my UFC career, but it's called "Driven: My Unlikely Journey from Classroom to Cage," and it really just. What you were talking about earlier really. And who's st- that book for? I'll tell you who it's for. And it, it, what you said earlier about the, you know, if you if you have a blue collar following, you can't be driving a Mercedes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I resonate with whomever listens to my show the people who have reached out to me the people who have connected with me are are kind of like the little guy the normal guy who believes in something more so that 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 that's who it's for it's who that person who's sitting like i was in Holidaysburg teaching spanish thinking i i have more fire in me i want something it, it's for that person to see that like you were saying you you weren't always you didn't always have this building like <laughs> You got to start, and that that book is for that person. Doesn't matter how old they are. I was twelve, and I wanted to be a. So statement. it's a little bit a how
0: you get started, book.
1: Exactly. I mean, it's my story, but yeah, use my story to write your own story. I like that.
0: And are you picking that book up on Amazon? Yeah, you can get it on Amazon. I actually, have a copy
1: here for you today. We're gonna to um, put a link
0: up underneath the block. We're back to my original question: Your favorite athlete? Yeah, favorite tennis. athlete. Man. It's always. I feel like when you talk about your favorite athlete, that kind of has a yeah. little impact on you a little bit. The way you kind of view sports.
1: Yeah, I. You know, I. I I honestly don't know the answer to that question because of this. When I think of if you would say to me, you know, athlete, your favorite athlete right now, I'm thinking of Kale Sanderson, head coach of Penn State University. Really? Now he, uh, you know, I was a LT Lawrence Taylor was my hero growing up. Christian Cool, yeah, I love these guys, but I love them. I love them because of the colors of their uniform. You know, I was young, I was influential, influence. Yeah. Um, but I look at someone like Cale Sanderson, man, and, and he's like, the the, the the just just that Vince Lombardi's book is a great book. I'm reading right now. By the way, that's another one. So you don't
0: have a field day in this office. <laughs> these, are just, these are books I regularly give away. Yeah. So I may have to give you a parting gift.
1: Well, I appreciate that. But, you know, right now I'm going to just say kale. And, and there's probably different answers, maybe a better answer. But that's the first thing that comes to my mind.
0: Now, during the week, now just being a sports fan, now you're kind of getting moved and retired. First of all, aches, pains, any after the sport damage? But you look like you're pretty good shape. You look pretty healthy.
1: Well, I appreciate it. I, I bust my butt. I, I probably, you said, uh, what was the word you used? Uh, urgency my word is intensity i i live intensely every day is intensity if that's I your word well i mean
0: <laughs> i like that i mean i think everybody should have a word like my word more is go but your word is intensity i like that. it's actually the first time i've ever said that but but maybe that's your word yeah it is it intensity, go. intensity. I, everybody
1: should have a word there no, it you is. Think?
0: so uh, do you have a current player like these days that you that you kind of love watching like
1: you know i look at someone like so I'm, 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 I'm a sports fan, uh, you know, obviously, but but selective sports fans. A lot of my favorite guys either the mainstream doesn't know or call Division I wrestling, etc. cetera. Uh, but I really respect a guy like LeBron James uh, or, or a guy like I Stephen I can't believe Green. you
0: said that. I'm feeling the same way, LeBron. I'm feeling the same way. He's not afraid to carry the load.
1: That's exactly it. And, and if we got into a sports conversation, I would sound like a dummy pretty quick. But I look at him, and I look at, like, just a trailblazer, a guy who – you know he wants to win. First of all, he wants to win. And if you're a competitor, if you're a fighter, if you're if in life you want to win, you're going to resonate with someone who wants to win. And and the beauty of it is this: um, who lives? Jamie Fox, uh, someone, some, a famous actor, still lives in Ohio. No, it's Chris Rock. Chris Rock still lives in Ohio, right? I love, and I'm just saying, small town, the blue collar that you're talking about. I love the fact that LeBron had a had a heart for where he was from and wanted to bring that back to where he was from. That 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 that's pride, that's respect. Yeah.
0: I'm I'm grooving on LeBron. It took me a while to get there. You know, I'm a big Michael Jordan fan and Magic Johnson my favorite athlete of all time. Did yeah, I say I love, Phil Jackson's book Mac. as well? Eleven Rings. I, I'm struggling with well, eleven actually, rings. A, Did you like no it's a, hey, listen, I, I'm a big Phil Jackson fan regardless of how you know, obviously just obviously today they announced Uh, he'll be moving on but I I mean you can't you can't take away from what this guy's accomplished and his mindset just maybe wasn't a good fit but that 11 rings book is not easy read for me uh, do you find that or
1: so I'm not I'm not a basketball guy there was a lot of basketball so like a football book like Bill Walsh or my I want to hear the football stuff because I played football and and I want in on basketball not so much however just the term mindfulness he crystallized that that in my brain now mindfulness i have a whole new take on it and then also the dynamics of handling so you have Shaq, you have kobe you have jordan amongst everyone else this is the guy who handled them and it's it, it's i can't say he said this that or that but it was like hearing him refer to michael and how he handled him and then kobe and then Shaq. it to me it was just like greatness and greatness and i just yeah. want to be a part of that yeah yeah i could see that yeah i mean special and you know and listen, anybody who's
0: done something extraordinary, you got to give a kind of quick look at it, and you got to pay attention, regardless whether they're serving tables, the sanitation guy who n- never misses a day and never leaves a mess behind. You know, I love people that do extraordinary work. Um, I, I think it was, uh, I thought it was Urban Meyer, that's, or maybe it was Nick Saban that just said, you just, oh, no, Jim Harbour. Jim Harbour from Michigan said, I just love people that are just extraordinary and working incredibly mm-hmm. hard and love what they do. Sometimes I'll sit in a restaurant the waiter just killing it and I just love sitting there watching. I feel the same way. Like there's nothing like seeing somebody just kill it at the job that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's important that you, you take pride in what you're doing regardless of what other people think of that professional
1: job. Have you, uh, have you ever read The Alchemist? No. It's, no. A, it's a fiction book but that's definitely a good read. Uh, but what is your favorite book or favorite couple? I mean
0: I, I I think the four you know, the the four agreements mm-hmm. is really an important book, you know. I, I really got a lot out of that on the marriage. I'm a John Gray, men are from Mars Men from Mars, Women are from Venus. I'm a huge Harvey McCabe fan, you know, Swimming with the Sharks. Um, Aspire, Kevin Hall, Book of Words is a book I give out. You'll see that I have a whole bunch of books over there. Um, the Greatest Salesman, the most Ogmandini, ex- mm-hmm. The most successful mm-hmm. man in the mm-hmm. world is a must read for somebody early in their career. To understand the true art of success, it isn't about money. It isn't about the, the the. It isn't about the fame and the fortune, and it's a simple story. I, I think these days, you know, books that have simple stories, and then there's another book that's right by your knee. Uh, Obvious Adams has been my latest favorite book. It's 40 pages, and it really just talks about not overcomplicating things and how you can go to the simplest you know really the simplest way and, and and find success it's been obvious adams is I, I honestly can name that the brand steiner book yeah i i got pissed off after i read that i said like, that is my key to my success yeah it's just the brilliance is really just stating the obvious like i tell people all the time i'm not the smartest chat tack in the box here i'm like but i have a definitely uh unusual way of thinking about things and a lot of it is just the obvious truth of it all yeah and uh i i thought that book nailed it that's like a Eighty or seven-year-old book, and so is uh, the Og book. That's not a book written recently. Yeah. Those are like 50-, 60 year sixty-year-old books.
1: Um, one, one I forgot to mention that is one of my top favorites is Relentless. Have you ever read that? By I haven't Brody? read
0: that. I heard about that book. What was so good about that book?
1: Man, it's just again, it's the attitude. The way I judge a book is if I take one thing away from it, like mindfulness from from Phil Jackson's book, that stuck with me. Uh, Urban Meyer or uh, Bill Walsh's, but what I what I took from it was you know just just one of their things. Uh, think about Relentless man it was just ruthless Relentless just get after like stop making the excuses and get it and really that's the obvious that's what you are just talking yeah. about duh no kidding my dad told me that when I was a little wrestler but it just it captivated me in a way that it was like man Charlie shut up and get after it
0: I love the in the obvious Adam's book like this guy want to be in advertising and he becomes the guy they bring in to resolve a problem and they're doing this advertising for these two shirt stores uh, downtown and I forget what city it is and the ads aren't working and they bring in Obvious Adams and says, you know, you got to find out why these ads <laughs> aren't working. I'm you know, why aren't these ads working? And, you know, particularly in one of the stores, the business is not going up. It's it's actually going down. And the other store, the business is only going up a little bit. And they're th- threatening about firing us as their ad agency. So Obvious Adams goes, okay, let me go check it out, which is something that most people don't do. Yep. You know, Everybody's looking at the analytics and looking through binocular glasses and a telescope. So he goes down and he realized as he's walking down that one of the stores, the sign is not easily read. He says, we could advertise mm-hmm. the store all you want, but when you go down the street, the sign outside the store isn't that good. Yeah. And hence, people are probably just walking right by the store. And it's funny, I just was telling a friend of mine who had these two gyms, he's like, wow, the store's kind of breaking even. I said, you know, I noticed when I went to your store... Uh, it's a gym. And I said, you know, there's no sign outside even to let people know you're there. I mean, there are lots of people that do walk by. Granted, mm. most of them maybe aren't going to look for a gym, but don't you think you'd be better off with a nice sign explaining a little bit who you are versus no sign at yeah. all? I said, yeah, it's probably a good point. And it's just the obvious Adam's yeah. approach to it, kind of back where I sold over $50 million of dirt. Yeah. It's like Jeter's standing there, he's kicking the dirt around, he's playing short. I'm like, man, I'd love to have a little of that dirt. Yeah. I'm like, maybe I could sell that, you know? It's like a, and uh you know, fifty million dollars yeah. later.
1: Right. Obvious Adam's yeah. literal Jim, no matter what yeah. it is. Just just go after the obvious. Yeah. Well anyway, good luck, my friend. Uh it sounds like you're
0: on your way. It seems like the uh, UFC thing is really not your destination, it was your transportation. It was a vehicle that kinda of take you to the next place and you'll probably have some maybe you'll go back into that figure out to go make and monetize that for some of the fighters and make it better for them
1: you know what that's a good point and maybe this is an underlying theme too i'm not gonna lie i I would be training for a fight right now if if i had won and i'd have kept winning and my opportunities were there but they weren't so i looked at it as an opportunity to pivot and transition that energy and intensity into something else so i don't want to say i certainly I'm making the whatever. I'm doing what I can do, and this is what I can do.
0: Well, you may be able to take that experience, and, and yeah. maybe you help others monetize it and make a little bit. You're know, like, look, I couldn't, couldn't play. I was never going to go play professional yeah. sports, but I took that experience of living with a player and all that, and I make money with a lot of other players. Maybe I'm not playing, but I'm still kind of playing close to the game. And you're doing all right. Yeah, doing okay. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, I look forward to reading your book, and thanks for coming out. Thank you, Brandon.